Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue our comic book movie journey through film with x-men first class it was released on june 3rd 2011 and for the second week in a row we are discussing a movie with a screenplay by ashley miller and zach stents as they also wrote the screenplay for thor uh, it was also the screenplay was aided by jane goldman and matthew vaughn with story by sheldon turner brian singer and uh, and based off the comics, of course, and it was directed by Matthew Vaughn. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Yeah, we got one from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn, if you will. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I make it to the theater a lot, and if I have to see that Argyle trailer one more time, I might pop my top. Uh, yeah, that's everyone's been been complaining about that one. It's like it seems like a cool movie, but uh, yeah, I don't. It's just uh, it seems fun, you know. It's just uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the other. King, is it in continuation with the Kingsman? Like it's in the. It's same... not a Kingsman movie at all. Oh, okay. Uh, never mind. Um, yeah, it's just from. Um, hmm. And that's that's the other interesting thing about it is it doesn't feel like too much of a tonal shift away from what he's become. So it's kind of like a okay. oh from the twisted mind. We're just doing the same fucking thing you've been doing for six seven years now. Um, yeah. No, and I got no beef with I don't I don't have any beef with Matthew Vaughn. I think he's a fine director. I think he makes fun movies. I just think that <laughs> the trailer having from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn for Argyle is so fucking funny. Um, mm. I see. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got some like the kick-ass movies I've never seen, but I've heard those are I've heard fun. very good things. Produced, produced those. Um, the other Kingsman movies, they're fun. The the 2015 Fantastic Four movie uh, looks like he produced. Oh, that. he directed that. Uh, produced, not, oh. not directed. Doesn't look like Josh Trank would be the director of that one. But I was going to yeah, say well, that might be a lot of bit of a. Uh, um, but it'll be yeah. one that we don't love too yeah. much. But uh, well, hey, yeah, this is a. He hit here. Yes, Thanks. yes. This is this is probably my favorite Matthew Vaughn film. Um, he's done he's done some good shit, but I have no doubt that this is probably my favorite Matthew Vaughn film. After especially looking at his feature list, he's only done Stardust, which yeah. I desperately want to watch, uh, Layer Cake, Kick Ass, and then mm-hmm. three Kingsman movies. Yeah. So confidently say that for the moment, this is the this is the top of that list. Um, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I like I like this movie, man. I like this movie a lot. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling? Man, yeah, this I remember. You know, I'm fairly new-ish to the X Men in, in all. Uh, like a couple years ago uh, was whenever I first started actually watching them for real. So I don't have all the the nostalgia and all the the childhood memories growing up with them. But I did remember uh, on my first watch through of all of them that this one stood out. I was like, okay, whoa! Like everyone called. Like I was expecting them 
all to be terrible, just from right. what I've heard. But I'm like, wait a minute. They kind of did something here. Like no, I, the X-Men, uh... X-Men franchise has high highs and low lows, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely yeah. one of the more interesting superhero franchises for that reason. But yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I remember watching this. It's always a... It's fun to remember movies that I watched at my old house. I moved moved to this house when I was like 13. So like or 14 13. Uh regardless when we start getting into these years, 2011, 2012, 2013, yeah. and thinking about watching them on my TV in my old living room and it was like still a big old shitter of a TV, like kind of a box you got too close mm-hmm. and it it would oh, yeah. it would zip you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um I remember I, if you rub your hands one of on the, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know this was I one of the time. family movies. We watched this as a we watched this as a family. Um because yeah. my parents knew I liked the X Men movies. They obviously very, very important your parents when you're younger and showing you the movies you watch. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. really get to go, Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch this just because I fucking feel like it. And maybe that's different now because there's a lot more freedom, but um yeah, they yeah no, I, I I remember watching this with my family and all of us just kind of being at the end, just like, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it the ending hits, dude. It's like it it's, it's it's a prequel, you know. So you're like, you kind of know where things are going. You know who can die, who cannot. But like, it's ver- the the ending. I thought was a very create is. I guess I I know like near kind of nothing when it comes to the comics and how accurate certain things are but like is the magneto deflection into professor is that they'd made that that's up not comic based that's that's an entirely movie thing. honestly incredible choice incredible choice. i mean it like honestly wh- whatever they did was he just born paralyzed did he have i can't remember or, um I, like this i think is kind of a really cool way to to like always have some feud between uh professor x and magneto a little bit but you know they're still friends at the end of this it's like the, it, it it complicates the relationship even more oh um, yeah which I, I think was was really awesome and like yeah i mean i think professor x and, and magneto are, are definitely they're the highlights of the movie um at least acting wise uh just from james mcavoy and, and michael fassbender they just I think they kind of stole the show here. Oh yeah, um, no, yeah. In the comics, it's a much it's a much more comic booky um, yeah. occurrence. Uh, he's like climbing a mountain, and an alien like drops a giant fucking rock on him. Um, okay, wow. Uh, yeah. I think this, you know, this good. No, this is better. This is an elevation yeah. from that. There, there's, yeah. That's what's so fascinating too is looking at this back to back with Thor mm. and the week prior. Okay. And knowing that this has the screenplay obviously has two additional people helping out. Feel like those two people did a whole fucking lot for this movie. If I had to say so myself based off of the, uh, back to back performances yeah. of Thor versus X-Men first class. I love Thor and our ratings last week really reflected that, but I would say that one of the weaker aspects of that movie was its writing. You know, it was, it was a little weaker on that side of things. And uh, that I don't think you can necessarily say that for this movie. I think that, you know, there are, it's just like any other comic book movie. There are really, you know, corny parts and it might be, you know, a little fast. But the general story, the outline and the way that we get there 
is yeah. it's it's really compelling. It's it's, it's a really cool. good it's, good structure. Like real world too. You know, I I always like whenever um superhero anything can in like envelop um something real world like it's it's nice to have a uh, a completely different world so you don't have to worry about who's the president at the time, you know, whatever, but you know all that sort of stuff, but but like uh with Watchmen how it's like spark, you know, it's very it feels still very in the real world and I think like uh X-Men First Class is kind of in that happy middle where it's like um they use some real world aspects but they also kind of have their just a, a superhero vibe to it kind of the whole time, but they well, especially like, having, Especially at the time of first class, this is the mutants revealing themselves mm. to to the world, you know. So, like up to this point, you know, you got uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis is obviously the mm. premier real world thing here. Um, yep. <laughs> we uh, we, we the yeah. Cold War is at its height. The Cuban Missile Crisis is oncoming, and yeah. uh, how do how does Magneto and the mutants really affect that? Um, yeah, it's like like uh, instead of having some massive villain come in and him just threaten the world, have him come in and threaten to use humanity as the catalyst. Like I thought that I mean that was just a really really cool idea. Um, and like just Kevin Bacon as like the villain, you know, as like a oh, okay. is he a Nazi? I mean, he was in those camps and he was speaking German, you know. But like, must I mean, yeah, I mean. He, I guess no, I mean, once you've worked with the Nazis, you're a Nazi. Um, yeah, but because he was like, ah, those those Nazis, I really don't like them, but man, you can't argue with their results. And I'm like, well, aren't you like, you're right there, dog. Like, No, yeah, like, I I think that that's a key component to a lot of villains. This happens in the Indiana Jones franchise a lot, is that, like, people use the Nazis to further their own personal gain, and mm. the thing that makes you a villain is that you are willing to work with the Nazis. You know, like, it's not, it's, it's yeah. not that you're above them. You're not. You're willing to work with them, which makes you a fucking Nazi. You know, like, uh, so yeah. that's one of the, uh, that's definitely something that pops up in a lot of my favorite, like, my, the Indiana Jones franchise. I fucking love those mm -hmm. movies. So, like, uh, yeah, this yeah. is definitely something that kind of rang through with that. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, like, Sebastian Shaw, he is a, he's, he's, he's essentially a Nazi if he's, if he doesn't, possess the same exact beliefs um he was willing to work with them uh, you know and that's uh you're like that's not camp, a good thing man you're like you're you have your own office there i'm like you're i mean yeah Some, like, someone did something and they were like let's take him up to schmidt you know um that's uh it's not a good sign um was this supposed to be x-men origins magneto like it just yes. feels like this is Magneto's origin story, you know. Yeah, uh, no, this is uh. The, well, well, there was there was an X Men Origins Magneto and an X Men Origins uh, Professor X, and those two kind yeah. of merged and became yeah. X Men First Class. And I think right. Magneto's was much further along in development, which is why that shines through so mm -hmm. potently in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a Michael Fassbender. He's just an action. Like I didn't really realize how. Like after seeing the killer, I've always like or before seeing the killer, I've always just known him as Magneto. You know, I haven't really seen him in in much else. But then after seeing him in like a movie like The Killer, it's just like he has this action. Like, whenever I'm I'm thinking to whenever he's like storming this uh like Russian dictator's house or something like that. I don't like there, there's a mm -hmm. compound and he's like they're they're all waiting for something to happen. And he's like, no, I'm fuck, I'm going in. And he's yeah, like, right. It's like down low and he's kind of like 
running but still walk it's like this fast yeah, walk. Like he's, the killer yeah yes he just has this i don't know this sort of that vibe to him even even here and i don't know i i i thought he he absolutely dominated the movie just character wise and performance wise even for me i i i've always loved magneto i think that's kind of the constant in all of the x-men movies for me is whether it's old or or young mm, magneto yeah. i'm uh i'm in no, you could always count on Ian McKellen and uh, Michael Fassbender to bring that character to life. And yeah, uh, Magneto is easily the character of the movie for me. And I thought going into it that I was going to have no doubts about him being my performance. And I was actually surprised that I, at every turn, wanted to pick James McAvoy. Um, okay. It's uh, it's similar to a conversation we had a couple weeks ago with uh, Heat, where Al Pacino has this much more front-facing, obvious, like, mm. this is this is the performance of the movie, but Robert De Niro has a much more understated, uh, laid back and consistent presence. You know, he doesn't have to get this massive range, but James McAvoy, he, he, uh, he holds his own and more in scenes with Michael Fassbender. And then if he's, if he's on the screen with anybody else, there's no fucking chance, you know, like it's, uh, like, especially, especially whenever he's, feeling the emotions of yeah. someone else. Like I remember he was, I think my scene, I don't know. There's actually a couple of scenes, which is surprising. I usually it's, there's one standout, but there were a couple in here that, that kind of did it for me. But the, uh, when it's, it's a uh, Magneto and professor X and, and he, it's kind of, they're all training montage and everyone's getting a little bit better with their, their stuff, but then it slows down and you just have professor X and Magneto and he's, mm -hmm. you know, telling them, Hey, you know, or shoot me in the head, you know, it's like point blank and it's like, I can stop it or whatever. But then it's like, all right, let's, let's actually challenge you. Move that satellite dish over there. Um, and then he, he looks into Magneto's mind and like, uh, you know, finding that moment between, or the area between serenity and rage mm. or, you know, whatever the verbiage is there. But, but whenever he finds that like memory with his mom and like he just starts to cry too he's like oh my yeah. god that was beautiful like thank you for that memory i was like oh my like what a weird like that'll never happen you know that's just something you can't do um in any other movie unless you have someone who can read mom well, it's know, fascinating so. because like even even the way you put it there like oh my god that was beautiful it's not even like that's that's not even how he feel like that's it, he's just experiencing he's it as though it. he was magneto yes. and like that's that's a tough thing to portray, and I think that he did a fantastic job of it. And the way that he is able to reckon with other people's emotions and then put his put it through the filter of how Xavier mm -hmm. would deal with it is is really the highlight here. And it's there. The, I mean, shit. The the final standoff for me, I'm gonna go with it. Um, just because. I mean, obviously, it's the emotional climax mm -hmm. of oh, the yeah. movie whenever uh and you know there's probably two scenes there where he kills shaw and then they go out on the beach and then they have that whole thing but true yeah i'm the, just gonna kind of wrap it though, up oh it was very well done oh dude but that that part when he is when he's killing shaw there's oh. uh, there's a lot going on there where magneto is forced to be satisfied with what's occurred here, mm -hmm. but Xavier has taken all of the vengeance out of it. He Shaw is not experiencing anything. There's no pain 
happening to Shaw in that moment, and it's all going to Xavier. And like the portrayal of that was wow. fucking stellar. Yeah, you that, know, like uh, that was one of my shots. Uh, I know it, it's cutting back and forth uh, between Shaw and and Professor X, but I, I mean, it, you know. The, the, the editing there pan, is very, very good. Uh, yeah. yeah, the slow pan over and, and you know, seeing the coin enter Shaw's head, but then you cut right to, you know, Xavier's head and, and everything. I thought I thought it was really cool. And, yeah, that I mean, that ending scene, I mean, it's just incredible. Like, the whole – just the, the tension that builds up to it, you know, the mm. – I, I can't see him. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. They make that one crack in the wall, and he's like, yeah. I, I see – you know, it's still a little – I don't know what's going on, but I, I can see you in there. You yeah, know? whatever like, you do, doing, keep doing it. Um, yeah, keep doing it. And then he's like, wait a minute. He's like, oh, like he feels – like at once he finally gets the upper hand, he's like, hold on. You know, what, what are you about to do, man? Don't do, don't do what I think you're going to do. Yeah, and that's – it's, it's it's incredible, you know, like he, Xavier freezes him so that he can't do anything worse. And Magneto takes that opportunity, obviously, to do oh, yeah. something about it. Oh, yeah. And he knows, Xavier, that if he lets go, then they can't do, like, there's, there's just so, there's so much going on there. Like, Shaw is such an overwhelmingly powerful individual. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this dude's got which, the best kind of mute, you know, mutation of all time. I'd say. I don't know. I oh, mean, yeah. you can just, anything you throw his way, it just makes him stronger. Um, and younger. Uh, and, and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the Black Panther suit, uh, you know, redis redistributing all that energy, but it just, he can do it innately just mm. by himself, um, which does make for a really cool villain. You know, when he, when, uh, that one general or whatever is like, oh, fuck, I'll pull this pin. I'll, I swear to God, I'll do it. And he's like, yeah, whatever. he's like, fine, whatever. I'll do it's it. It's a actually. pretty incredible line delivery um, too. I swear to God, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm it's uh, God, it was kind of yeah. comedic and it's not supposed to be, but it's a little funny. Um, <laughs> like, I swear to God. It, oh man. And also we get a, I, I know one meme out of this movie, the, uh, you know, I perfection. prefer the real Raven, you know, no, I said the real Raven perfect. You know, I, yeah. that yeah. was nice. I always like when you get, and that's a pretty big meme too. That one's like, no, that's, that's transcended. It's transcended to the point where like, it's also in such a tame moment that if you don't know, mm -hmm the movie it's from you have no shot of guessing it's an x-men movie no, you know even when it came up i was like oh fuck that is in this movie like yeah. right when it whenever <laughs> you know they're they're in his room i'm like oh damn yeah that that is right it does come from this um but yeah there's like uh i don't know this one is it's this one surprised me a whole lot i i, I mean i knew i was going to enjoy it but i did not think it would break like I guess I have the other X-Men movies at 12 and 13. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to just to love kind of everything about it. Like it was written well. I thought the story was just super cool. Like an act, like end of the world is at stake. Um, mm -hmm. and these are the only people that can stop it. You know, that's, that's always nice. Um, but right. then you have just, and even the, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about Magneto and Xavier, but even, you know, Raven, uh, Mystique and, uh, all just all the other younger crew. I mean, they're, it's they're I, not bad. They're like, yeah, it's. Um, oh no! Like I would argue that if the if Magneto is not the best character, I, and I think he is, the second's not Xavier. It's Raven. Uh, one hundred percent. Yeah. 
I like yeah. Xavier a lot, but the struggle he faces is much more external. Like a lot of the stuff he's dealing with is his trying to harness everybody else and try to try to help them and figure that out, which makes him an, a a good character and an interesting character. But the the internal conflict that Magneto and Raven have to face is much more compelling. Um, yeah. And like, I love Jennifer Lawrence completely. 100% forgot that she was in this before she was in the Hunger Games. That blows my fucking mind. Wow. This is the year before the Hunger Games. Um and that was like she 2012. really took off in the Yeah, Hunger that's Games. like that that's like when her career game. launched to the fucking yeah. stratosphere cuz wow. she was also in Silver Linings Playbook the next year which she won a fucking Oscar for. Like there like it's just uh Damn. we're reaching the point in the early 2010s where Jennifer Lawrence is this is this is the I remember being in eighth grade being like Jennifer fucking Lawrence. It's dude. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And now I mean, ten yeah, years later, I'm like Jennifer fucking, fucking Lawrence, Lawrence, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, a, she is not. Yeah, that has not changed. Um, that's and she she is so good in this movie. I love the uh, I love the introductory scene of uh, Xavier and mm. her in the bar whenever he's talking about heterochromia <laughs> on uh, on the one on the one chick. Um, and uh who is actually a uh, a wonderful actress who i've seen in a few other things and i remember looking at it i remember looking at it at the time and being like holy shit that's her uh but i can't i'll have to find it later on it but uh beth goddard and she's miss xavier who is no miss that's the xavier? mom that's the oh. mom oh okay there's oh yeah she's only in, she's not actually in it she is uh raven it is actually Mystique yeah, playing exactly. the mom. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. But regardless, um, that that intro. Yeah, Emma Wallace. There it is. She was in Malignant. She was the lead in Malignant, uh, um, a horror movie that came out a couple years ago and is super fucking good. But uh, uh, anywho, I, I loved the the characterization immediately. Whenever she's like, "Oh, you have hydrocarmia too," and uh, and uh, James McAvoy is one of my favorite line deliveries in the movie. Sorry, what? Uh, you yeah. know, like, uh, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, hold on a second. What's going on here? And he's like, oh, nope, we've oh. got to go. Um, wow, thanks, thanks, Raven. You know, mm -hmm. just a purposeful cock block there. Um, I feel like this is this is not the first time. Um, it has happened either. I feel like, uh, like, it, and that's you're totally right with having Raven be like over, uh, Professor X for character because i mean she's she's been sheltered her whole life you know hmm. like completely and even though she's in a mansion with xavier and you know she was trying to steal food initially like she, obviously the situation got a little better but she had to hide constantly yeah much um, much could, I don't like know. there's there's a struggle that it's very very common in x-men stories for like characters like nightcrawler and beast and Raven and th th their their struggle is much more obvious, you know, like you mm -hmm. look at them and they obviously do not fit into normal human society, you know, like that is. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And Professor X, you know, he's he's the he's amicable. He wants, you know, we're the same you and me. And like, they're always like we are, but not not to that level, you know, and you got to yeah. acknowledge that, you know, like we're mm -hmm. you got to recognize that you can easily hide your shit and i've got to change my everything um mm -hmm. like yeah. uh it's uh, it's Magneto it's you know put it best you know 
half focusing on changing your appearance, you can only be half focused on whatever else you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and like it requires constant attention, which I don't really think of, you know, as like no, mystique, yeah. you know, having to think to constantly change yourself, you know, like, yeah, it's probably a, it's not just a flip a switch and, and you're good. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't fucking know how it works. This is a superhero movie, but no, I I love whenever Magneto starts to like open her world up a little bit, you know, be like, hey, you know, you don't change a thing, you know, actually like in. If I looked like you, I wouldn't change a thing. He's just mm-hmm. walking past her and Beast consistently being like, you ain't shit, Beast. Yeah. Fuck you, Hank. Yeah, um, they're, they're like about to kiss. He's like, am I interrupting something? Uh, sorry, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that cure or whatever you're talking about stupid as shit i wouldn't even think about it you're great you know just just kept walking on uh he's that's just i don't know i love how he's he's so like he's in the group initially just because he's leading them like the group will eventually get to shaw and that's all he cares about right right um but like you like he was about to dip you know he, he got some some paperwork or something on where shaw might be and he's like all right see you later you know put in his briefcase walking out and and you have you know, Charles just there waiting outside the door, knowing he's about to do it, uh, which which I thought was was awesome. And yeah, I mean, their their scenes together are are always always so good. Uh, like the the satellite dish, the hey, I'm about to leave. You know, I'm not going to tell you that you can't leave, but you know, I don't think you, you should. Well, yeah, you might you might as well have some friends. You know, Shaw has mm-hmm. friends. You might try that. You know, try that yeah. for yourself too. And and he comes back on his own. You know, and and I love the like the back and forth magneto does see like he's he's in it but then he's like ah i i am in it actually for my own sort of yeah. uh motives too i gotta i gotta get rid of this guy you know and fair enough i i uh i'd rather see shaw go out maybe a little more brutally honestly uh kind of like the nazis in the the argentini argent argent argentinian argentinian thank you there the bar there that scene was incredible another contender. that's one of those ones that's hard not to choose you know oh. um oh my God. i fucking love that scene and michael fast potentially acting wise one of his more subtle and impressive moments mm-hmm. but it really really plays it rings magnificently you know like i actually watched this for the first time not for the first time but in this rewatch this this rewatch for it mm-hmm. um uh, for some fucking reason, my version of the movie does not translate the German. Um, they're just like, they're speaking German. And I was like, oh, well, then they must go back to English here shortly. And it's just some little greeting. And no, they speak German the entire fucking scene. So I was like, well, this is clearly something wrong with the subtitles here. I need to like, but regardless, I, 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 I let it play out. I watched it like that because I know that I know the general direction of the scene mm-hmm. and watching it with no, actual context uh via verbiage mm-hmm. and watching their faces slowly change to realization and the editing yeah. kind of go with that and michael fassbender gain intensity oh. um it's it's incredible you know i thought it was i thought it was really good and obviously i i'd remembered it prior it's something about how uh, one of their father was a farmer the other was a tailor and mm-hmm. his parents were killed by farmers and tailors and that were just following orders, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, a oh, lot, a lot of that. This movie as well. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, and the action. It's it's very quick. 
but the the stabbing of the hand, and then the bartender is about to like shoot him, and he he doesn't take the knife. I I don't mm-hmm. know if he rips it out. He might just just like you know use his ability to rip it out. I don't know, but then like just sends it to the the bartender, kills him right back in like right back into him. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. That was it was just so sick and. And I did have the subtitle, so I guess I knew what they were saying. But like, there some of the line, like his line delivery is very good. Like, he, I have no like German. I don't know what the, you know, I had no idea what the hell they're saying if, if the subtitles. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, a pig farmer and a tailor, or like whatever, and like it, or I don't know when he's cheersing them, or right before he drinks, you know, and he just takes like a, a long drink. I don't know his his line delivery was was just incredible there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I ended up giving him the 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 performance and character for the movie. I I I don't think I could go any other way off off this watch. I mean, I was I was just kind of deadlocked on Michael Fassbender the whole time. Uh don't know if it was just post killer um interest or I don't know. I've always I've always just kind of had a a uh you know, a thing for Magneto when it comes to the X-Men. He's he's always just a uh, different he's different from everyone else and his his motives and and everything just are make him for oh, best best villain and best villain in marvel i think uh mm. i have uh i have no doubt about that um That's and true. to see yeah. him brought to life in in a continuity that is obviously very very spotty uh in terms of how they maintain it but uh yeah like uh for it to be the same version of the same character even the fucking opening sequence we see here is at the beginning of x-men 2000 this is just an extended version of it um okay uh and so like they're they're maintaining they, they're like all right you remember that scene but here here's what happened after that That's you know right. um, yeah he did bend the gate right mm-hmm. that, yes that's what they showed yeah. and, and then it just kind of cut yeah it just kind of showed that like whoa he can bend metal he can move metal and they were like yeah. cut uh but to expand on that mm-hmm. and make it even fucking darker mm. uh great and jarring choice you know it's it's fascinating to you know reckon with something so real and so devastating and contextualize it with a fictional superhero or super, yeah. super entity um it's it's always interesting to me, you know, like, I mean, with Eternals, which I, you could argue is done a little less less effectively, but with the the atomic bombs and Bastos mm-hmm. being there afterwards and being like, like, uh, how 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 did I let it come to this, et cetera, et cetera. Like that yeah. sort of thing. There's and I think even the Wolverine here in a couple of years, 2013, um, I don't know if you ever watched that one, but he's in Japan and part of that part of the deal is that the, oh, he survives, he survives nuking right. into a, like, yeah, like a yeah. Steward rate or something. And exactly from what I forgot. Yeah. Um, damn. Yeah. They, they do involve a whole lot of real world sort of things. And I think they've, they've always pretty much done it well. Like there is a balancing act there where, you know, you don't want to go too far into it and, you know, mm. you don't want to delve on it for too long, but, Whenever you like, it is at the very beginning of the movie, and then it's over, you know. But then you have the like him showing his tattoo to those guys in the bar. Oh um, yeah, and then, and then that's that's the kickoff of of all the action there. I forgot that I forgot that's what what kicked 
kicked everything off. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They they knew they were pretty well. I don't know if they thought they were dead, but they knew it was about to get. They knew something was not going to go right in this interaction. Yeah. You know, they knew it yeah. wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's I don't know. That was um, can't. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was debating on going with the the shot of the coin going through their head. Uh, but I'm too much of a a uh, aerospace nerd, and it also has the classic. Uh, suit up like their suits shown for the first time it's hank mm. you know they're they're in the hangar with the the yeah. sr-71 he's like yeah well here it is and it's just a shows the plane it pans down it shows them in their suits all just standing there in a line and i was like let's fucking go i don't know i it was just kind of hype that hank you know he developed the sr-71 that was like kind of the not really a manhattan project but it was a very secretive i mean that's why area 51's a thing uh, to develop the SR-71 and the stealth bomber. So it's just kind of cool mm. that, like, yeah, I designed that, be- or whatever. It's like, it's just just a him him thing. Um, that's funny. That's pretty much the only, I don't know, Hank was, Beast is... No, there's I... a lot of stuff in this in this movie that is not accurately adapted, but they do a lot to elevate their source material and make it work for the story they're telling. You know, I think yeah. that uh, that's true. It does when it comes to uh, when it comes to Magneto and Xavier's, um, you know, the fall the fallout that happens there, the specifics of it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, Raven and Magneto's relationship, Raven Xavier's relationship, it's non-existent save for the movies. You know, like that's that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, modern X Men. A little different, the, you know, the way that movies in turn affect comics mm-hmm. versus the way comics yeah. affected movies, you know, like it's it's evolved. But prior prior to the X-Men movies, Mystique and Magneto weren't like uh, besties. They weren't rolling mm-hmm. deep. Uh, Xavier didn't bring Raven up and raise okay. her or anything. Wow. Um, it's not uh, it's not something they do in the comics, you know, so like uh, a lot of that works extremely well. I, I love all of that. Yeah. Um, Beast and Mystique is the worst fucking thing this movie has to offer. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like, he's he's always, like, it's cool whenever he's like, yeah, I, I designed Mac, or Cerebro. I designed all these suits to help you out. I designed all these cool things. But, like, other than that, like, the cure thing was, was whatever. Like, and even... <sighs> My thing is that there is so much about this movie with this beast that could be just fine. That that could be 100% okay. It is the fact that you are trying for a romance with Mystique. And I know that Mystique's uh, conflict does kind of hinge on the self-hatred. And it's something that Hank in this movie ultimately perpetuates and Mm. keeps going. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... I think I think we don't even necessarily need a relationship with another mutant who's telling her you're not you're not beautiful that way. Like she already feels that. It's not something that she yeah. needs reiterated and we know she feels that. You know, like so regardless. Mm-hmm. Um and then the way it culminates with him becoming beast and her being like you're perfect the way you are. This is what you were always meant to meant to be. Like it just further emphasizes that the storyline that she's had with him was fucking pointless um like they they very much so could have just done everything the same and not had a romance brewing between the two of them 
Yeah. And and not have him go this is this is an ugly beast of a thing, you know. You you are beautiful this way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Bro, was- you can have all the internalized self-hatred you want and Hank McCoy is no stranger to that. He he is long wanted to be normal. Like that is not that is not something that's new. Um But I just thought I just thought that him projecting it onto the people yeah. around him is not something Hank is typically a char- characterized to do. So I don't yeah, love that, and I love Hank for so. the romance too. You know, like they're going for that angle, and then he's like, "You're ugly without this." It's kind of like a, I mean, whatever romance you had is kind of squashed. I feel like there, yeah. After after you deliver Your that true line. self, hideous. Um, you know, like that's that's not yeah, something like, that's gonna okay. Uh, and is it is it the idea that it was Raven's DNA, you know, that turned him blue? Because he wasn't blue before. Yeah, you know? right. He just had the feet, and I guess that was it. I think that's uh, something they're trying to play on, you know. Um, I, hmm. I do because, um, I, I think it's the only reason he would evolve evolve into yeah. that. As far as these, uh, this is concerned, and obviously, Beast in comics originally starts. Like that's all very faithfully adapted. He tries to take a cure and he evolves into a beast. Like there's no, okay. um, that's, then, that yeah. is, that is what happens to him. Um, Cause I didn't know if he said that he was already trying some things that have helped him, but then her DNA was like, obviously. Yes. The, yeah. Like the that's the catalyst. Yeah. It. That's like a, you, you have the ability to change, you know, <laughs> like that's. Yeah. It is your mutation. That is what we need. Um, mm-hmm. but, And it's so funny. Like, I just think it's. <laughs> I also think it's hysterical. Like that is originally what Beast's mutation was. Like in the, the original Uncanny X Men comics, he's just a dude with basically monkey feet. He can he has opposable thumbs on his feet, and he can bounce around. He's super agile, um, and that's like his whole deal. Um, I think it's hilarious that whenever he gets like outed, very good scene. I love that too. He's like, "Fantastic, you already have a mutant here," and they're like, "What? Oh." He's like, damn. He's yeah, like, it's kind of, then... it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of the equivalent of like someone, I don't know, maybe like just coming out as gay or something like that, and then like no one. Know- I'm trying to think of like the equivalent of what that could be, but there's really nothing. Like there's, it's just, it's such a niche thing it's because, it's because he can read minds that really, yeah, exactly. really that, that does yeah, anything they- here. But you know, like they've they've uh, on several occasions in the previous movies done a lot to emphasize the parallels between being a mutant and and being queer in mm. in the x-men movies you know like they've they've done a lot to mm-hmm. uh I, I can't remember a scene i can't remember i think it's an x2 if i recall maybe the first x-men no x x2 i think because magneto's like present for it um whenever bobby goes to his family and is like so mm. i haven't actually been you know, like it's it's not just a special school. It's a school for mm-hmm. mutants. And like Ian McKellen, a gay man, was on set to try and help them further that parallel to yeah, kind of be like right. a coming out scene. So like that's nothing that they're really a stranger to. But, but that is the closest thing you could come come to is that mm-hmm. like if I, I don't I don't even know what the real life equivalent to that is. But like him being like, oh, shit, you know, like you just kind of outed me publicly. It's like. Oh, it's like if someone you you ran into a guy and you're like, oh, we matched on Grinder, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and 
what's up? And everyone's like, what? You know, like yeah. we, we didn't know, you know, like that, that would probably be the best, that probably the closest thing you can come to. But, mm-hmm. uh, the whole like, don't worry, you're amongst friends now. Like, I love that. I love yeah, that well, idea. Yeah. I think it's, it's so hysterical awesome. that his feet just like open and like they're actually huge. Um, what is that just like wildly uncomfortable for him the rest of the day? To Has to be, dude. Those shoes do not fit his foot whatsoever. No. Um, yeah. And, oh man, I even forgot about that. Yeah, there there was a little romance there because because uh, I rem- I forgot who was talking. Oh, it's a. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Blonde boy, energy, red rings. Uh, fucking yeah, uh, Alex. Alex Summers. Yeah. Um. No, he's not. Havoc. Banshee. Havoc. Banshee's the screen. Is he the? Yeah, he's got the screech That's going it. on. Okay, Havoc though. Yeah, Havoc's making fun of his feet or whatever, and and then Mystique has to come in there and be like, "Hey, you know what they say about guys with big feet, though?" So it's like, yeah, they're like. Just there is the, the, yeah this weird romance like the lingering effects of Joss Whedon. Just mm-hmm. ever present in this movie. Uh, I mean, like, just from the humor, like, it's very obvious that, mm-hmm. uh, they, they internalized a lot of what Joss Whedon's workups on the scripts were in the first three movies and were kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is where the comedy works. This is where the comedy, like, th- like, so we'll, we'll go with that. Um, and that's one of those moments that's just kind of like, ugh. You, you know, you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, okay, sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of. Is and it's fine to always? it's fine to go with the whole like you know what they say about guys with big feet, but then to like further it with like uh and yours are looking awfully small, you know, like I'm like, okay, like okay, you is know um, always this has she always used her, you know, like because she's like in this club, you know that it like it's like the Hellfire Club is this very mm. you know, uh, it's a literal thing, the Hellfire Club. And it's not like that's oh. where they hang. It's that's where they hang out. Is the hell? Oh, wait, I, I thought you meant it was like real life in real life. Oh no 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 no! I mean, like I thought it was funny that like the little lounge they hang out at is, is the it actually Hellfire called Club. the Hellfire Club. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, I guess it's usually just the group of villains that call. Yeah, themselves like the it's Hellfire not a it's Club. not a place. They're okay. they're called yeah, they're, the Hellfire. Oh, Club. Wow. So no, they literally made it a club so that they can yeah. just get forty women to walk in with lingerie. Rose Byrne, uh, baby. Yeah, there's there's that, and then uh, let's see. I feel like there you was got a one wonderful little nugget thing. out of Emily during this uh, during the scene as well because I, I love Rose Byrne. I think she mm-hmm. is fucking fantastic. She's brilliant in uh, in Neighbors. She's extremely funny. Um, she's mm-hmm. also in uh, the interview uh, or the internship, not the interview. Um, but uh, she's always so good. Um, and we were watching this, and she goes, uh, she looks a lot like Natalie Portman, and I was like. <laughs> Do I have a fun little fact for you, baby? Um, she plays one of Padme's handmaidens in Attack of the Clones. Um, so she she was literally cl- casted in that role Whoa. because she looks like Natalie Portman. That's incredible. Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was I, I explained what the handmaidens were and everything, mm-hmm. and I was like, and she plays one of them. Wow. So you okay. got a good eye, babe. You know, like yeah. so. Uh, yeah, yeah. But her like at the very beginning, just like. She already has lingerie on. I mean, maybe she knew she's going to the Hellfire Club, whatever. Right. Uh, but at least she gives, to, you know, her line that she gives at least is somewhat like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to use some of the talents the CIA did not give me, uh, which I thought was was it's very sexually charged. But at least you're like, at least she's more she's owning it. it. You know, like it's yeah, not at the it's, it's not yeah. at the expense of someone else that she was like for like the guy. It's not like the guy yeah. being like, hey. 
well, obviously, take off I your clothes, go in there with them. You know, like uh, I can't do it, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, I, at no, least it was uh, that way. I like Moira McTaggart too, and she uh, she's a presence throughout the next couple of these films as well. I think that uh, I, I I I was underwhelmed in this movie by her presence overall. I thought that I remembered it as being a lot more effective and generally better than it was. Um, and it's not Rose Byrne's fault. It's just because they're already dealing with so much story that like something was going to fall on the wayside. And this time it was yeah. Moira McTaggart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it was nice to get them jump started and introduce mm. them to Hank and, and their, you know, Cerebro is there. Um, but like all the time that. we spend with Beast and Mystique, for the love of God, let me spend that time with Xavier and Moira. Like they've got a really, really interesting and great chemistry. You know, and, uh, and, and as far as comics are concerned, that's a comic accurate ship, you know, like that's uh that's one that I would love to spend a little more time with. Um, the, the little kiss at the end, like it, it, it felt okay, but I'm like, it, it didn't really feel earned, you know, it felt like exactly. for the movie, it felt like they, they should have done a whole lot more to build up the relationship. And like they had that moment in the bar where he was drunk, you know, he was celebrating, uh, becoming, I think was, did he just become a professor maybe, or like he something i forgot what he was celebrating but he's you know he's drunk and he's trying to use the same mutation uh pick up lines yeah. on on her and she's just like all right you know what uh screw the small talk i'm just here on business uh blah 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 and he's like all right well i'll i'll try to help i'll do whatever i can tomorrow you know it's like obviously i'm not in the right mind uh mindset to help you out right now but uh but yeah i got you so it's like it, it's a cool that they started out that way, you know, that it, that no, yeah, I loved, I loved the line he delivered there too, where he's like, this is something I take extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this whenever, like mm -hmm. yeah. I'm in a better state of mind to talk about it, you know, like it's exactly. it, it, yeah. cause there, there's also this thing where in this, this world we're in the sixties and she is obviously neglected and never respected at any turn in her, in her field and yeah. her job. Nobody uh, respects her at all. So uh, there's that moment where Xavier is giving her the time of day and is like, you brought something to my attention that means a lot. And I want to give you the respect you deserve for bringing this to my attention. So yeah. we'll talk yeah. about this when I can. And like, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, yes, let's build upon that. And then you can't really point to much specifically after that until they kiss at the end. And I, like, I would, I, I would have loved to spend a little more time with them because, yeah. I, frankly, I love Rose Byrne. I love James McAvoy, and they 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 had an an incredible little spark there. And uh, mm -hmm. I would have I would have really appreciated it. that's something that you know. I, again, I love Nicholas Holt and I love Jennifer Lawrence. They did not have that. Um, they they did not oh. have much chemistry, and it was it was fine, you know. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's not it's not popping the way that it felt like James McAvoy and uh rose burn were a little bit um yeah, like the, i don't know i don't know what other scene they could add in there but even just a a pull aside conversation like hey i know everything's great you know whatever like they did have that one you know when that one guy who was just in that department that took him over to the to hank and and all of them i forgot like um, oh yeah just man, uh... man in black suit wow is that actually what he's credited as um i think that's him oliver platt um, but like they yeah, he's like, all right, well, obviously, you know, if we want to go forward, we're going to have to get the CIA's approval, blah, blah, blah. And then they're, and you know, Magneto and Professor X are just like, uh, actually, no, uh, we're on our own on this one with no involvement with the CIA whatsoever. Um, and then from that point on, it was just very, 
you know, the CIA is just a non-factor in the movie. It is, it is just the, the X-Men and, and what, what they have going on. Uh, so mm. I guess, I mean, they're, they are kind of combining, I guess, a Magneto and a Professor X, you know, origin story into one. They have a whole lot more going on. I guess the movie's, yeah, it's two hours, 11 minutes. I mean, shit, add like 15 more minutes, you know, like a two hour, like, that would have been yeah, man. Like I think there's well, and that's the thing is that I don't even know how much you need to add. There's just stuff we spend time on that I don't think we really need to spend that much time on. You know, like, like it's move Hank and Mystique and put in Professor X and yeah, and, no, like there's just a there's, it's it's got the and, and like it's got more than the bones. This is a good movie. You know, like it's uh it had yeah. the bones to be a a truly great movie. Is the thing though. You know, like uh. Uh, there's there's just a few things I can point to, and kind of obviously it feels like it's a glaring flaw of the movie, and most of that is a result of just how jam packed it is. There's just so much yeah. going on; you can't spend a lot of time with stuff. Um, a fu- fun little fact about this movie is that there are two actors in this who are going to be in Superman Legacy. Um, oh. one is Nicholas Holt has been officially casted as Lex Luthor. Um, beast. Um, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he Hank wanted McCoy. to be Superman, but then mm-hmm. nope. You're Lex Luthor. Perfect. You're Lex perfect. Luthor. Per- perfect. Perfect casting choice in that scenario. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be Lex Luthor, and uh, the gentleman who plays Darwin, Eddie Gathigi. I don't know how to pronounce his name, and that's probably Eddie Eddie Gathigi. Uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Gathigi. I don't know how to pronounce it, and I apologize. Adapt um, to survive. Adapt to survive. Yes, yes. He's going to be Mister Terrific in the new DCU. Um, a someone who is generally regarded as the smartest person in the DCU. Um, incredible with tech, I, very very cool stuff. Yes, I've um, been I've been seeing that floating around Twitter. I believe the the orbs yes. floating around them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The T spheres. Ah, what they're called. Um, okay. Um. Okay. That's that's pretty sick, though. Yeah. Um, so we got a couple a couple people in this movie. He'll uh. What was Nicholas Holt? Yeah, he'll look a little bit better as uh. I gotta guess so. I gotta guess so. The beast look like man. I don't know. It reminds me of Michael. Is it Michael Myers that plays the Cat in the Hat? And like yes. the old, like yeah, it literally reminds me of like that look. Like if you mm. make Cat in the Hat blue, it's basically what Beast looks like. And like that's the thing is that Raven or Mystique does not look bad. Like you like it. I mean, I guess it's it's literally just her body and then just stuff on top. But like. I, it's a little harder to do Beast, but I don't know. It just it didn't. I I, I didn't really do it for me. The look. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible that it's practical. This is this is what yeah. he this is like. It's and and that it's it's not it's nowhere near what they did with Kelsey Grammer and X Men: The Last Stand. And obviously they're going for something younger, a, a little bit more. Uh, There's some they're going for something like. Overall, that's just it. Younger, they're going for something mm-hmm. that's a little, a little less aged, um, and it, it, I do like the feline quality. You know, I don't mind that, um, but it, it felt like there's a better way to pull that off. You know, um, I guess this what 2011. I mean. No, we're there. You, they yeah. had every they had every capability yeah. to do it better. Like yeah. it's, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a an animal like character that would have come before this, um, or something of the same vein in any of the. I mean, I don't really think we've had. I mean, it would literally just be Beast and X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah, it would just have to be. Yeah, 
There's not really any... Everyone else is pretty human, other than the Hulk, I guess. Um, yeah, no one. As I'm scrolling through, Howard the Duck, I guess, is an actual animal. Um, mm. That was, however, 1986. And shit. Honestly, I guess it was the main character, so they had to put in a lo- little more into that costume. But, like, Howard the Duck might even look better than Beast as an I animal. I think that's overselling uh, it. I think that's overselling <laughs> it. He doesn't look that it's bad. Just no. It's just the face. The the hair, oh, the rest of his body, great. It's just the the face. I don't yeah, know. No, whatever, whatever they did there is not quite working for me. But what they did with Mystique... Is fucking brilliant. I think Mystique looks outstanding, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, it's yeah. also just a really wonderful, interesting choice coming off of the original X Men trilogy to make that one of your main characters. Like Mystique was a, a, basically a non factor in the mm-hmm. first in the first three movies, and now you're like, yeah, let's let's fucking do this thing. And and not only that, the fact that this is prior to the Hunger Games. Tells me they were betting on Jennifer Lawrence before she was a fucking star, which is even cooler. You know, like they were, they were like, yeah, we're going to, we want this, this character and this actress to, she's in all four of these movies. And she is a major part of at least the first two here. That's true. Um, I mean, we were talking up, uh, Fassbender and and McAvoy, but like, it's not like she was doing a bad job. Every scene she was. No, 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 no. Very good. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense why they, they wanted to stick with her because she did just the whole role. She, she fits the role very well. Um, and, and yeah, I'd say I probably the, the top three characters, Magneto, Professor X and Mystique, you know, when I think of the X-Men, but I guess if you're more comic, uh, you know, versed or whatever, yeah, probably not. It probably doesn't swing that way. But as far as I know, the X-Men, I, that's after Magneto and Professor X. I mean, the next one I think of is Mystique, uh, mm. just like the core group. Um, I'd say Beast would probably come. Wolverine. Ah, uh, okay. Throws a wrench into that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, he might be number one. Yeah. Really? Well, that's the thing is that he also existed prior to the X Men in a separate or not. He existed in his own right outside of the X Men, not prior to the X Men. Um. Mm. Um, yeah. and he's also the only one that's gotten like solo movies and stuff. So it is, it is easier to separate him there was from, a pretty from cool the piece of trivia about this movie. This is Hugh Jackman's fifth appearance as oh, Wolverine, yeah. which makes him the first ever, uh, actor to play the same superhero five times. Uh, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. the one before was Christopher Reeve. Um, yes, he would have been four. Been. Yeah. Cause I, I can't think of anyone else who's done four. Uh, Charles, uh, pr- uh, Patrick Stewart. Before um, this, or after, like it is Patrick Stewart. He his needed... fourth appearance was in X Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, so he would have four. So I guess, yeah. I mean, it is a cameo. So it's like, can you yeah. really call it his fifth performance? But he does have more than this. He does still go on to play Wolverine a lot more. Um, but I thought it was just cool thinking back of like um, how many times someone has played a character, oh, yeah. and, and now I guess shit. Like, is Tony like? Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I wonder how many movies he has. When he well, he's in Iron up. Man. He's in all three. three Iron Man movies, all four and all four Avengers movies. Um, he's in Spider Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. He's in, in the Incredible Hulk. Um, that's right. A little cameo there. True. Yeah. 
There's if we're nine. counting cameos, he's got he's got to count there. I There's think nine. that's it. I think that's it. Um, as wow. far as movies are concerned, um, does Wolverine but still have him beat? Does Hugh Wolverine does? Uh, he's got three here. Uh, in the in the first three, he's got his own three movies for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Then he is also in this. He is also in Days of Future Past. Is he in Apocalypse? I don't know that he is. I don't think that he is in Apocalypse. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. I'd imagine he'd be higher up on the cast if he was. Yeah, was not huge. Okay, well then RDJ seems to have uh, passed him up in that regard. Did you count Logan. Yes, the three X Men Origins, Wolverine, in. and Logan. Um, wow, so RDJ may may have him beat then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, I would say so. Um, uh, not for long. About to tie him. Um, yeah. Good old. What do you say? Fuck off or go fuck yourself? What do you, something? Go fuck yourself. I can't. I can't. Remember. It's one of those. I can never remember. Yeah. But and just instantly, they're like, "All right, you know, no more. No, maybe, maybe Charles." This Red is a is wonderful gone. little callback in Days of Future Past. Whenever he goes to, uh, he goes to the mansion, and Xavier's taking the cure, so he's like walking and stuff. Um, Mm. and he's like, I do know you. I'm going to tell you what you told me then. <laughs> Fuck um, off. That's you know, awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. The one F word that was used for the entire movie. It is go uh, fuck yourself. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love, love that, you know, Hugh Jackman just comes in to literally tell everyone to go fuck themselves. And, uh, that's it. Cause I'd imagine you're sitting in the theater and you see Hugh Jackman at that bar, you know, you're, You'd you'd start you know it, it's you'd become very excited. You're like, holy shit, he's in this movie. What the fuck? You know, you're mm-hmm. you start to think, and then it's just nope, that's it. Ten seconds, if that. Um, even I don't know. I don't even know if it's more than ten seconds, but no, I, I guess he he is in here. Ah, oh, wait a minute. Is he wait in a more? minute. No, the most. The most portraying someone in superhero movies is Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Okay. Didn't think of that, but now yeah. that you say it, it's kind of obvious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Three Iron, Iron Mans, a two, Thor, three, a Captain two, America, a couple Captain Americas. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Um, um, the Avengers movies. TV shows. You know, he's in Secret Invasion. I'd, I'd honestly not even want to count it. Um the Captain Marvel, the Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that would be the man there. Okay. Uh, that would top, there we top go. that list. There um, we are. Oh, the top but in terms three. of longevity, besides, I mean, again, once Deadpool 3 comes out, um, Hugh Jackman will uh, have reclaimed the time-wise, uh, the longest yeah. time playing a character. Right now it is. Uh, Patrick Stewart because of his appearance in Multiverse of Madness, but um, ah, that will soon I revert see. back. Okay. Um, wow. Now he's probably. Well, I'd say they might use him again. I don't. Pro- probably not Patrick Stewart though. If or that might have changed now because actually it definitely did change because of Michael Keaton. Um, Shit, he being was in, the Flash. in Batman eighty nine and then true. in the Flash. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Drove yeah, a lot of a lot of jumping back and forth. Huh. Yeah, we're in that era. You know, um, we're in that era where they're like, you remember this thing that happened 30 years ago? 
what if we tried to get you back into the theater because of it? Um, yeah, and they, I mean, I'm assuming, like, I wonder how they marketed, like, this one. If, if Hugh Jackman was mentioned whatsoever, you know. Like, I d- this was actually probably the best choice for them to release fresh off of X-Men Origins Wolverine in terms of being like, okay, you know. Hugh Jackman, we'll give him a break. You know, we'll let you kind of forget about that having happened, and we'll we'll go yeah. forward with some other shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I don't know, but this like over like you were talking about Thor, um, like I did just screenplay all like coming coming fresh off of that, and yeah, this is uh, clearly a cut above. Like this is it's kind of the same like fun factor. To it, but it's just critically, it's just made. Oh, it's a better movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, movie. it's incredible. I would actually, I don't think this movie is quite as fun as Thor. Um, in terms of, I mean, like the emotional beats elevate it beyond Thor. Don't get me wrong, in terms of enjoyment. Yeah, but from a purely fun, yeah. Oh, what a fun yeah. casual watch! I don't think like Thor might be top fucking one as far as what we've covered in terms of just like oh, this is just this is nothing but fun. Um, yeah, but no, like this ultimately will do will do better in pretty much everything, uh, rating wise. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when we come to that, but uh, because it fared much better in my ranking than I anticipated. Oh, you know, yeah. I knew it would be up there. I knew. I knew it would be top 10. There was little to no doubt about that. Um, cause I mean, what, what did I have at 10 prior to adding this to the fucking list? Let's see. I had Spider-Man two at 10. Mm-hmm. I came into this knowing I liked this more than Spider-Man two. Yep. Um, and if I left feeling otherwise, I was going to be sorely disappointed. Um, and surprised. Uh, what I did not anticipate is that it would rise above, uh, Batman Begins and X2, um, specifically X2 to compare it to the X-Men mm. franchise. That's the one that, with the X-Men title, I thought X2 is my favorite X-Men movie. Um, mm. wow. Uh, so it, it rose above that and found its way just below two movies in The Dark Knight and Superman 78, landing at third. Right above Spider Man two thousand two. Okay, shit, wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, not that high. Um, and I've I've been doing I've been doing some debating. I've been I've been moving some stuff around. But my uh, right now I have it at six. Um, on my list, and that it, it is above Spider Man two. Uh, for me that that one was was hard, but it's just better made. There's more emotion in it. I'm I'm into Spider-Man too, just purely for Tobey Maguire and Doc mm-hmm. Ock. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was there, and then I right now I have it below Iron Man at five. Mm. That's the only one that I could be like, okay, like I I might just be in my Tony Stark bag a little bit there. I don't know, but man, I I love Iron Man. Like that's just no, like, you know, I'd classic for me. Oh, There's been something it. interesting with me going back and looking at a lot of our ratings uh, for comic book movies where a lot of the stuff that I have above Iron Man, because I have Iron Man at 12 right now. Okay. It is a better made movie than 9 or 10 of the 11 above it. You know, like, it is, it is yeah. 
genuinely just that, like Iron Man is a better movie than this is. I would say, um, that at least that's how I'm feeling. I yeah. think that it's a, uh, yeah, all in all, I mean, it's damn, I don't know. Probably yeah, similar I, footing. You know, I, I don't want to go outwardly be like, it's just obviously a better. Like, I don't think it's obviously a better movie. I think that all in all, I would consider it a better movie. I think it's less compacted. It just, it has a lot less to focus on. It gives the story mm-hmm. a lot more time to breathe yeah. and therefore True. it, it, it benefits from that. You know, I, I, similar footing is probably more accurate, you know, um, they probably yeah. land in a more similar spot, but, uh, yeah. And, you know, like, uh, I have it, I have it nine spots above Iron Man, but critically, I think they're probably similar, you know, they're probably about the same level of goodness. Um, and that's, what's yeah. interesting about the whole ranking and rating thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, number six could be five, but I think I'll, I'll, Nail it down as six mm. uh, for right now. No, uh, yeah, I just like I cried too many times for it not to be super high on mine. Um, I I was crying, and you know, edibles they have very deep emotional that. effect on me when I'm watching movies. Everything that I feel, I feel stronger. Um, it's like so cerebro, it is literally an edible form of cerebro. Exactly. So there's that moment whenever, um. Magneto and Professor X meet and you know he's like uh there's someone out there get somebody out there help him he's gonna die and you know he he jumps in himself and he talks to him and he's like Mm -hmm. I know what this is I know what you're feeling it's okay you will die let's get out of here and when he pulls pulls him up and he's like uh yeah he's like I thought I was alone Mm -hmm. he's like you're not alone I was like (laughs) you know like i had a little bit of i had a little bit of a sniffle thing going i was like god damn that shit hit man and it's you know part of that is the the prior pre-existing relationship to the characters and you know knowing a lot more about where they'll eventually go and the relationship those two have and comics wise this sort of thing but regardless it 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 hit it hit me like a ton of bricks man i uh i liked that uh, a great deal um Yeah, the and I mean the ending is just yeah, fucking emotionally God, riveting. So many man. things that get you to to go there, you know, like the even the like I'm not one for war and you know USA versus Russia, but like whenever the missiles are like e- just coming at them and they're like from both sides you hear like it was an honor serving with like there's already mm-hmm. emotions going everywhere but i'm just like oh my god like there's and resigned just, themselves oh, to death yeah, they're like we like, don't stand a fucking chance there's um, just so much going on there and then you get to like the the end beach scene you know with uh that deflected but like that's man i don't know i i just whenever he's whenever the bullet hits him like whenever it's deflected and, and he just yeah, kind of that slow motion shot in him yeah. to the ground. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm kind of like I know what's coming. You know, it was like I, I already know what's coming. I'm I'm kind of a mess, and that's I think my line of the movie is whenever he just for the delivery of it was whenever he's just I can't feel my leg. You know, he's like, oh wait, like I actually yeah. can't. Like I, I I can't feel my legs, and and he you know the the worry sets in you know and he's like i i i i can't i can't feel my legs and i don't know it's just yeah, that disbelief in that uh just, dude, dude. Just, like it, it's it's incredible man like this man who's been processing the emotions of everybody else in this moment having the toughest time processing exactly. his own and being he, like the gap in between the bullet hitting him and him realizing his legs aren't there magneto gives a whole speech 
he tells mm-hmm. everyone like hey yeah come with me if you want and all all you know gives his magneto speech raven walks over to him and is like you know i and he you know charles knows he's like i i know it's fine go with him it's what you got to do um and then he re- like then everyone runs over to him and he's like oh shit he's like oh now i'm thinking of myself for kind of the first time and yeah, just what a I mean, as far as it not being comic accurate, I think, like, this is, I am not, if anything, I am impressed with, like, how No, yeah, well this is, this is immense, is. this is the best possible, tr- like, one of the best comic inaccurate moments in any superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this is yeah. emotionally, that dr- that driving force and that rivalry and the level of, like, forgiveness that you know charles xavier has to have in his heart to not really hold it against him is Mm -hmm. incredible you know like i yeah i love i love this whole thing i love whenever magneto like he instantly runs over to him and basically catches him before he hits the ground Mm -hmm. and like that's making me cry and then he delivers his speech and he he reaches out to Mystique and says, "My favorite line: No more hiding." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, yeah, dudes, dudes, he can have a monologue. You know, I, I like, uh, I like whenever Magneto steps up, has his monologues, and this one's good. But I mean, the older kind. I, I remember, I think it's X two, uh, whenever he's in that like church or whatever, yeah. and like the all the mutants are there, and he just he walks up, steals the show, and is like, "All right, now I need you, 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 and all right, let's go," or whatever. Like I don't know, he's Magneto always has such good, uh, like, model, or, like, just, he owns the attention of everybody, always. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even even the people who were obviously on Charles' side, like, they were still, like, kind of listening to him, and they were like, well, I mean, I, I am, you know, I'm still sticking with Charles, and what you're saying might make a little sense, I guess. But, uh, you know, you have, like, Beast and, I think, Banshee, Ran over to him. Uh, I feel like yeah. there was one more. Alex Havoc does. Hank there. Hank, yeah, Hank is there. Beast runs over. I think I might have already said, but but I mean that that beach scene was. If it's not, I mean it's it's probably it just is the scene of the movie. Like it's. Did you clock that Alex Havoc is uh, Scott's older brother, Cyclops? Really? Yeah. Do that. What are they like? How is that known? Or like, what do they do in the movie to? They don't do anything in the movie to tell you that. It's just that 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 is Alex Summers. That is uh, oh, Scott Summers' he's... older brother. Oh, wow. Oh, it's just his last name was Summers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess I just didn't really hear. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like you don't on that. Wow. You might not clock it. You might. You might. But uh, uh, that's uh, yeah. He's he's Scott's older brother, and okay. the timeline of these movies is. Really, really iffy. I think Days of Future Past takes place like ten years later, or something like that, or maybe. Wow, Charles ages fast. Um, because in Days of he's old, he's Patrick Stewart in Days of Future. Patrick past, Stewart right? and James McAvoy are oh. in Days of Future okay. Past. Oh, he's um, yes, all he's in the future. The yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, okay, yes, yes. I don't think Scott Summers is introduced into these movies until Apocalypse, which technically takes place like 20 years after this. And 
Alex looks exactly the same. Like Alex is uh, Alex looks exactly the same as he does here. So like that's where like the continuity of these movies. I don't really give a shit because that's how comics work. Like people yeah. don't fucking age. Like they've been uh, and you know sometimes they have aged like 10 years, but it's over the course of like 40 years that they've aged 10 years, you know? So it's like yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. And I mean, and then you have a Shaw that can actually not age. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, yeah, that's just what he does. But I was I was also reading that um, Azazel and Mystique. Yes, that they're... Nightcrawler is mm-hmm. their kid. Yeah, Mystique is uh, Nightcrawler's mom. Is that like yeah. uh, is that known in the movies or is that just comic? The movies do not treat that as the case. Uh, okay, I was wondering because I'm like I did not I did not know that at all. Before. That is definitely a comics based thing. Um. And the thing is, is that in the movies, it could be the case. They don't like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, blue skin teleportation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they have both, you know, both traits of, of them. And but, I'm trying to remember, I, I have a tough time straightening out the introductions of some of these characters because I think Days of Future Past mostly concerns itself with characters we know and have known. Um, mm-hmm. I think Apocalypse is when they start to reintroduce a, a new generation of characters mm-hmm. with uh Jean Grey and Apoc yeah. and uh uh Nightcrawler. Like I think that in at the beginning of Nightcrawler, which is you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years after this, Nightcrawler's in that one and you know, uh Mystique just ran off with Azazel. So like there's a thing where like they could mm-hmm. they could be he could be yeah, uh, their son, but like, regard, like they don't acknowledge it. I don't think in any real capacity. Um, okay, I'm not glad we got the classic suits, though. You know they they weren't they didn't shy away from that. That's a perfect opportunity. You know, yeah, it's a little toned toned down version of the classic yeah. suits, but it's still yeah. it's it's still they're a little militarized. But it's uh, they're going going for the yellow, uh, which which I like. Now, um, yeah, those classic uncanny X Men original suits i like those a lot you know i think they're underrated i, I enjoy that look yeah. a great deal so oh, no seeing hugh um, jackman in what seemingly looks like a much more faithful uh yeah classic suit in deadpool 3 at least the you know the set pictures and everything weeks um that that's looking pretty cool um and and that'll be i don't know looking looking forward to that but yeah, i'm excited about that i don't know i i'd say as far as any of the other x-men movies like i i don't think this one will be topped like i'd like I mean, I guess Logan, when we get there, if that's technically an X Men movie, um, or like it's in that I, universe. But I'm excited. Days of Future Past is fucking good. I do remember. Is that Peter Dinklage? He's in there. Yeah. That right? Yeah. Okay. And he may, okay. And they have to do. Oh, I'm like that's the thing. I have to remember. Like Days of Future Past. I know that there's like you know they they put the wolverine goes back in time or whatever and they're like protecting him but as far as like anything else that really happens there like i don't know why they're sending him back i don't know what they're doing necessarily like i don't i don't have the like if you like uh age of ultron i like i can clearly uh pick out the plot of that movie in the or like uh any mcu movie i can kind of i just know the plot but these movies i don't know i really have to think about them um as to what happens um but yeah i think yeah. i don't know this one i i always remember it as being like my the one i just came back or the one i was like wow this one was just 
a cut. No, and I can't blame you there. I think that something that days of future past leans into is that sort of real world a little bit like it, it takes place in our world kind of, you know, and there's it's, I, I, I love that movie. So it'll be interesting to recall whether or not I do actually hold it above this one. Um, Cause right now I don't think that's the case, but I remember a lot about days of future past, like days of future past is one of those ones where I could tell you, I could tell you the fucking plot. Um, okay. Um, okay. I mean, I remember it not being bad, but I just, no, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Seemed it kind of had everything. Yeah. No, everything it's uh, the future storyline is the Sentinels have evolved beyond what they could control. And they took over the world and started eradicating even people who were going to give birth to people who were going to be mutants. So, <laughs> holy crap! Yeah, really getting rid of them. If you have any yeah. trace of that in your blood, in your genes, you're fucked. You're done. Um, so Damn. the the world's population has been decreased immensely. They wow. have to send Wolverine back in time to kill Peter Dinklage, or not not mm-hmm. kill Peter Dinklage, Mystique killing Peter Dinklage is what sets them on a path to develop the Sentinels. So they have to prevent Mystique from killing Peter Dinklage. Um, ah, okay. Now it's coming back. Yeah. yeah that's Okay. Does... What's Mag... Is Magneto in that one? Yes, he is. What does he do there? I just... That's the one where he picks up an entire fucking stadium. Stadium, right? Okay, I was like, I felt like that was a different movie, but I, I, okay, and he just plops it around the White House or or like, no, like the big thing he does in every movie. This one, you know, he, he catches all the missiles, throw them back, throws them back at them, picks up a stadium in the second one, Mm -hmm. destroys Auschwitz in the third one. Um, that's right. Apocalypse is like, hey, you can move the earth, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty sick. Yeah, Magneto always gets the coolest shit. He always gets some movie. fucking massive goddamn moment. Um Yeah, the prison break, you know, sucking the metal out of the dude, just making the little flat disc yep, floating yep. on out. Like, goddamn, he's so effortlessly always cool. Just always badass. cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh I love I love me some Magneto, so and this movie probably gives him a greater chance to shine than pretty much any other one um but yeah i uh like i said third in my oh, ranking wow. okay um yeah. which means enjoyment wise superman is there, are, are those the those two are the only two above it okay so not even mask of phantasm is that mask of phantasm is one i'm going to need to revisit um i, know. I need to as well it's the only one it's at four for me and like i wouldn't have put it up there if it wasn't, you know, that no, way. it's it deserving of that. I have it at five. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think with a rewatch, it would go to three. I just have not rewatched it in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, that's wow. I mean, it's it's this one deserves it though. That's I mean, it, it is up there with that company. Um, not necessarily Dark Knight and Superman. I think that is very fair. That's a cut above, you know, like that's that's a different tier. That's a different tier entirely. But, but as far as like, you know, I have Iron Man, um, Mask of Phantasm, Spider-Man 2, Batman Begins. uh, It definitely belongs around there. That, uh, like, are are we ready for a rating? Do we, are we there? Is it time? I think we are. We've hit all the favorites. I'm just trying to think if we left out any part of the movie. Um, but I don't. I don't think I, I don't think I said my shot. My shot came during, uh, 
the final standoff with uh, between Shaw and Magneto. And I, I don't, this movie visually was interesting for me because I don't think it was uh, boring by any means the way that like Iron Man 2 was. But I don't think that it was visually inventive in any real capacity. I think it was just kind of, uh, it was just a solid. It was, it was just solid. You know, I don't think there, it was, it, it was incredibly difficult for me to pick a shot, which is rare. Uh, that's not something that that's happens true. a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was, just, and it wasn't because anything was, nothing was stand out one way or the other. Nothing was like, God, this is so dull. Nothing was like, God, this is so gorgeous. So it was like, mm-hmm. you really got to search for it. Um, so I ended up going with the moment where right before the tables turn with Shaw, right before Magneto grabs the helmet off his head, um, there's a zoom in on Michael Fassbender's face and the light flashing behind him. That's going from like yellow to red to yellow to red. And that whole room already has this really soft blue glow that mm-hmm. like the lighting in that sequence is gorgeous. Yeah. And that's why I ultimately went with it is because it's just beautifully lit um so it's just it's very small very quick moment um where the tables are turning so there's a little bit of like a facial acting thing that also aids it towards that as michael fassbender knows he's got him where he wants him basically and Mm. it's it's really good it's really compelling so i ultimately went with that shot um the magneto got the clean sweep for me in every single favorite except for performance out of james mcavoy yeah i gave him everything but the line uh, for me, and uh, the the other shot I was maybe thinking of going with was uh, whenever he's on, like hanging onto the wheel, like the landing gear of the SR seventy one. He's like pulling the submarine out of the water, and Charles is like, "Hey, that you know, remember that that what's the word he uses? It's serenity and rage, but like the the area between the I don't area doesn't sound right. Um, something." in between serenity and rage and, and he starts to have that like kind of cry, you know, yeah, yeah, Aspen yeah. gets the, the tears in his eyes and, and he's just pulling it up and, and like you, I'm pretty sure like you cut back to the, uh, all the other like normal, you know, normal military men on the boat, you know, on, on yeah. their boat. They're like, what the fuck? They're like, what the shit They're for one, they're seeing the SR 71 for the first time. That's like a new plane. Just for the world. So they're like, what the fuck is that thing? It is just floating. It's not, you know, like, the SR-71 couldn't do that, but, you know, it's the X-Men. So it could it could just hover. Um, and it's pulling a submarine out of the water. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's some fucking, that was just sick. Um, but I, I love the, the close-up shots of Fassbender's face whenever he's in, a, like, a crying moment. Even that, the satellite dish, whenever he turns it, and it's just so close to his face and he's just mm-hmm. you know crying and mad but peaceful and then there's it, that it, evolution it, into his like pure joy once he's accomplished it like it's really oh, really good dude oh man yeah i uh and i think the word i think i found it i was looking through quotes was focus a true focus uh focus. between uh serenity and rage, rage. yeah um, i don't know was beautiful you know you had that that line that was called back to a few times is nice the the mutant and proud um was Mm -hmm. was was good uh called back to every now and then and i uh i'm still big on the magneto or uh eric and uh xavier ship i love that 
I love that. And there's a lot of tension here at a lot of different points. There's a, there's a line that uh, Xavier delivers to Eric during that scene where he tells him there's so much more to you than you know. And like, there's like, he's looking deep into his eyes and, you know, like they've got like tears in their eyes and he takes a pause. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, and then he, Mm. you know, there's good in you too. And you can harness all that. You have the power that no one can match. Not even me. Um, and there's just a, there's just a really intense emotional connection that they have that, um, Xavier has the capability to access with anyone, but doesn't, you know? And that's one of those things, you know, like it's, uh, there's, there's a different level here, which really, really lends itself to being a whole other thing for me. Um, Mm -hmm. cause even at the very end on the beach, like, uh, he read Raven's mind. He was like, yeah, I already know you want to go with him. And he's like, I thought you told me you'd never do that. And he's like, well, maybe he said he actually didn't need to, uh, or something like that at at the end. Yeah. Well, he says something about how, like, up until recently, he, like, he said, he said all sorts of things that, like, kind of no longer, Things have changed. Mm. Nothing will ever be the same after this, you yeah. know. Like, uh, yeah. But the one he respects, he does not read Magneto's mind. You know, partially because he has a helmet on that doesn't allow him to. But otherwise, mm. when it's off, he chooses not to. And they're, while they're playing chess, you know, like think about that. They're playing chess on the Lincoln Memorial steps or whatever, and you're playing mm. against someone who can read your mind. And right. you, you wouldn't know if he is or not. You know, it's either he's just a really good chess player. Or he's literally reading your mind and knowing what you're going to play. On next. that that sort of parallel to them playing chess throughout the the original mm-hmm. three films, where that. that was kind of their thing. I love um, that. Yeah. No, nah, dude. I I. It's just those two. They have such a the the characters already have such a chemistry. And I was talking about how Rose Byrne and James McAvoy have a chemistry, but the best chemistry in this movie is between James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. That's um, true. They, yeah. they, when they're on screen together, they are, they're the only two people that exist. It's incredible. Like it's, uh, it's really, really good. And I, uh, I love the scene when they're, they're recruiting and they go to Zoe Kravitz. Um, and they, they got the private room and they like, you know, they're posted up on the bed next to each other yeah. and stuff, taking <laughs> it all in. That um, shot's hilarious. Yeah. They just no, like cut to them in a private room. Yeah. And they're like, I'm like, what's about to go down here? There's got a crossover into DC, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kravitz there. That is nice. Um, yeah, and her just, yeah, whenever Shaw comes up and up into their compound, he's like, all right, you want to join the winning side? She's like, yep. Uh, like, <laughs> you, we just saw how you blew up one of our friends, Darwin, the guy who can adapt to survive to anything. You literally blew him up. You know, fair enough. I wish, I wish we could have seen him do a little bit more. Darwin seems like a really cool character. Yeah, um, no, that's a that's a funny little uh, post on Twitter that just got ran into the fucking ground, um, and now is like a funny shit post where they're like, "Remember when X Men First Class killed the one character that can't die?" And like that was that was like a critique that went <laughs> went nuts for like a few like several months in a row. That tweet was going viral from like the x-men facts page or you know all all that sort of shit um and now it's like a shit post where they're like uh everyone's making fun of that so like it's it's i I like darwin i think that's a fantastic uh idea for a character and stuff and but there is that there is that aspect to him where if you're gonna display just how powerful shaw is that's and you true. want to kill the guy whose literal ability is to adapt to survive. That's 
That's fair. That shows that you got some chops. Um, this is true. I mean, do you think? Uh, do you think the version of Kevin Bacon in the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special remembers playing uh, a, a Marvel villain? Yeah, because they ask him, "You be a hero," and he's killing Nazis. I guess I don't know. You know, he's he's. Uh, that's just kind of a. An easy go <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. That's an easy yeah. go to hero thing. You know, I'm stole, I'm I'm about to storm the beach, kill these Nazis, or you know, whatever yeah. he says. Um But yeah, I guess in in the MCU I'm Batman. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he would remember playing Shaw. Yeah, I mean, he is Kevin. There'll be a moment whenever the X Men like emerge, and he's like, "Wait, what the fuck?" He's like, you know, we get two Kevin Bacon's: one the MCU version, and one the real life Kevin Bacon, Mm -hmm. um, or the X Men version, and then the MCU version. But the MCU version is real life Kevin Bacon. So, I mean, we're just we're getting too jumbled up now. You know, it's 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 it was so nice when things were this simple, and uh, the cameo was just a Hugh Jackman fuck off. You know, yeah. That's all we got. No Stanley. Um, I guess was he? Is he in the other X Men movies? Oh yeah, uh, he the he was in the first X Men. Um, he was a hot dog vendor on the beach in the first X Men. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in X two. He was he was in his yard in X Men: The Last Stand whenever Jean Grey is letting fucking loose. Um. Hmm. And the like, water from his hose starts rising into the air. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah. Apparently, he's I'm not next to. Two, um, I guess he's not next to. I guess not. No. And he's not in this one. Um, X two Stan cameo. No. Basically, Lee only makes cameo appearances when his endorsement is considered financially lucrative, or it simply suits him to. Yeah, I'm like basically whenever Stanley wanted to fucking show up, he did it. He's like, you know? I kind of did financial shit. bullshit. If Stanley was like, I want a cameo, you gave him a pretty, fucking cameo. I'm pretty sure he's financially fine. Um, yeah, and set at this point. And uh, I don't think that it finan- it's financially lucrative to the film to have him appear either. Like, it's not like that's going to make or break the box office. <laughs> the cameo that you don't even know if it's coming or not. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I wonder. Let's see, what's the next X-Men movie that comes up? Is it Days of Future Days Past? Days of Future Past. Is he in that one? I can't remember. Let's find out. Uh, does not include Stan Lee. Dang! Um, Man, maybe he just kind of... Maybe with the rise of the MCU, he kind of separated himself from Fox mm-hmm. um, and their and yeah. their universe. You know, there There's a distinct possibility that he had some sort of contract with Marvel Studios. Mm, I can um, see that. Post-2008. Yeah. Um, True. Because, hmm. like, another interesting example is, does he have a cameo in The Amazing Spider-Man? Or The Amazing Spider-Man oh. 2? I don't know. Yeah, trying to remember. Is he? And the Amazing Spider-Man Stanley cameo. Oh, yeah. Is this? He's a. He's the librarian in the school, and then uh, yeah. Killer Croc and and uh, they're just fighting behind him, and he's just like scanning books. 
That's or right. That's right. The music. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so maybe he just really didn't fuck with the Fox. <laughs> yeah, he's got to love Spider-Man, right? You know, he's got to. He's got to be there for Spider-Man, yeah. But, but yeah, okay. No X-Men movies, I guess, for him. Um, let's see. Yeah, if he's no. in, I don't know if he's in the second one. Um, or maybe that is that the second one. That killer, no, that's, that's the first one. First one's Killer Croc. Second one is the Hobgoblin, right? So yeah, Hobgoblin, oh, Electro. Okay, he's wow. He doesn't even say a word. He's just at uh Pete or Gwen's and like their graduation ceremony. He's just mm. someone in the crowd. Um, in the second one, so. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, gotcha. I guess not here. That's all right. Uh, we know. We know all about him. And he, we he doesn't know. need to be in the movie to... Yeah, to no, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we might be ready for a rating then, if uh, if I do say so myself. And, we you know, as far as, uh, as far as enjoyment is concerned, I'm hovering around that nine spot. That um, is Iron Man. Yeah, X2 is at an 8.75. And if, uh, you know, you are, you are saying it, it did elevate above... Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I mean, I'm right there at a nine. That's that's Iron Man, V for Vendetta, Mask of Phantasm. That's right where I have it in my list as well. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm like Batman Begins is a nine two five. I uh, think. Uh, I think this one has more impactful emotional beats for me. Um, but just generally, I think I do. Uh, it might be closer to that. Uh, and, and frankly, I'm looking at it like we might have been a little nice to Batman Begins. Like maybe Batman Begins also belongs in that nine spot. Um, I'd honestly not be opposed to knocking down Batman Begins to nine and then having this be the only nine to five. Mm, okay. Just, yeah, I'm cool I mean, with like, that. The actual, like, fun-wise, like we were saying Thor, you know, Thor is a more fun movie, but the emote, like just the emotions behind this, it's actually just enjoyable on that sense so much more. Mm. Uh, and I think it does deserve that bump, honestly. Um, like Iron Man is fun, but I don't really think it. I mean, it does have some emotional beats a little bit, like Jensen. Um, yeah, Tony's. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I think this. It's either a nine or nine two five for me. I think. Um, I say we get, I say I like the idea of bumping Batman Begins down and bumping this up. I think that that's uh, I think that's a fair assessment of this. Okay. And, we... and I already did the Batman Begins bumping down stuff, so perfect. Perfect. As far as the uh the main the part main... of the graphic for it. Yes. 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 Gotcha. Okay, 925 there. Genre-wise, um shit, we got some uh some sick ass action. I mean, like the Magneto stuff is always nice. The pulling the submarine out of the water, the missiles being sent back. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, just all no, the I mean, as far here. as like a historical fiction uh, action adventure, it's firing on essentially every cylinder. I think that uh, you know we gave Watchmen a nine two five. I think it's got to be that at least you know um okay yeah i mean it's it's up spider-man 2 would be a 9.5 i guess if we want to go up to to 9.5 that's the only thing we have below a 10 uh, we don't have any 9.75s um 
Yeah, and I don't think this breaches that. I don't even think this breaches Spider-Man 2. I think Watchmen is a better... uh, It's where it kind of finds its footing. Okay. I can dig. I can dig another. So, 2925 so far. Looking pretty good. Um, Adaptation. I mean, we were... The choices they made made the movie better. And we're saying Mm -hmm. that it probably is one of the best comic inaccurate moments yeah yeah Um, no to be sure um i think that it is overall very well adapted characterization wise there's hardly anything here besides the stuff they do with hank mccoy that i feel passionately they got wrong Mm -hmm. um okay how much does that weigh it down i guess um relatively he's a big part of the movie um there's a lot of hank mccoy in this i would say he's the fourth lead after yeah after magneto xavier and mystique it's hank mccoy he is he's he's top of the bill there so i mean like obviously he's not the lead which does it it only means he can affect it so much um but his storyline is one of the more prevalent parts of this movie um Another character that I think is done characterization wise is fine, but it's undersold like crazy is Emma Frost. Mm. I love Emma Frost, a non-factor in this movie, which is really disappointing. Um, And even when Charles and Xavier or Charles and Xavier, uh, Charles and Magneto get up like in that Russian's house or whatever. And they meet her. I mean, they instantly just like tie her up and then like he breaks, you know, her, diamond skin whatever and he's like all right yeah. you can have her now it's like very exactly. just just it's like, like ah, fine, um, you know like uh and then she's not even she's not even in the next one and they kind of build that up as like the last little thing here the last little stinger um yeah wow they went back to go get her uh yeah, yeah and she would have been fucking crap. awesome as a part of the brotherhood of evil mutants that they're kind of they're kind of building yeah, up wait, there what it's, the hell why didn't yeah they... no it blows i love emma frost i don't know why they decide not to use her uh january jones might have gotten a little busy she's a good actress but Regardless, um, yeah, Emma Frost, not a huge fan. Um, I love Emma Frost, but I don't think she was perfectly adapted. Um, Moira McTaggart is iffy, and I don't think the way they adapted her helps the movie much. I think it's it's just kind of there. Um, is it that she's not adapted well, or that it's just she's not even really, they didn't dive into her enough? Like, I don't think they, I, it's, it's similar to Emma Frost where like generally on the surface, there's, there's not much bad here. I just think that in a movie where we over sat or like where we're oversaturated with story and we do a lot with like a character who they did adapt poorly mm-hmm. when you don't adapt properly, a couple of the other characters that could have been really cool. I think it does affect it, you know? Okay. Um, Wow, and it doesn't guess... affect it intensely. Like I, I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm still hovering around an eight. Like okay. that's where we have Iron Man and Spider Man three. Uh, is the eight? Uh, the one above it, Batman Forever, at an eight seven five, and then that's the highest we got until the ten. Uh, mm. That's Spider Man's Dark Knight, Superman, Mask of Phantasm. There. Um, yeah. No. You know. Like I think that as far as the X Men movies are concerned. Aside from X2, this is the best adapted movie in in the X-Men franchise, you know, and even X2 had a few more problems than this, I would say, as far as, Mm -hmm. you know, Storm is a little iffy in that one, and Mm -hmm. uh, Rogue is just a consistently 
off mm-hmm. adaptation. Um, and we gave that a seven five. Um, yeah, so X2. like, I it's say a, that makes the floor seven seven five, and I'm even more comfortable with an eight. Okay, I like that. Yeah, same Iron Man and uh, Spidey three. I can I can get behind that. Okay, so there we are now. Critically, I mean, shit. Um, it's a little cheesy at some points, but good cheesy in this case. I think this yeah, is like I, I would good. I would say it is good cheesy, but and this is uh, my my gut takes me, and this is not a bad score. Um, eight. That's that's kind of where instantly my heart takes me. Um, okay. That would be I think that, X2, but above the first X-Men. I don't think it's as good as X2. Um, okay. While I might enjoy it more than I did X2, I still think X2 is a better written movie and, mm-hmm. frankly, more excitingly written. I don't think this is poorly written, yeah. but I just think there's there's so much this movie is trying to do, and there's a lot X2 is trying to do, but... It, it feels like it just had so much clearer of a direction yeah. how they were going to get right. there. Um, right. It's also visually much more stimulating to me. I think it's it, that those early 2000s comic book movies, while they're not, some of them might not have panned out best, they were always trying something. Um, mm-hmm. it, it felt like if, if you got a visually dull superhero movie in the late 90s, early 2000s, it stuck out like a sore fucking thumb. And uh, I don't think that's the I don't think that's the case yeah. in X two, and it's sad that that became more of the norm, come this time and into the twenty tens. Um, hmm. Okay. But I mean, uh, an eight would tie it with the first X Men and Spider Man two. Um, it is above Iron Man. We gave Iron, Iron Man, Man was what I was talking about it being on similar yeah. footing as is, is seven seven five eight. You know, like I'm I'm cool with that range. I don't think I could go higher than that. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I think I agree with you. Like that eight, eight, two, five is we have X2 and V for Vendetta up there. Um, mm-hmm. I think I might've elevated the V scores, but I know I still love that movie. Um, no, I like V a lot too. I like, still, I still, I, I think V for Vendetta is a better movie than this as well. Yeah. Um, and the first X-Men and Spider-Man two, we're getting there, but I mean, I honestly like the. I, I'm fine with the seven seven five or an eight. I think because uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the seven five we have is Batman eighty nine. It's better than that. It's bad. It's better than that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm com- which I guess whichever you want to go with. I guess seven seven five or an eight. Uh, maybe the average will scream something out. If it's a seven seven five, it would be an eight five six, which would place it. Above, it would place it sixth, right below Batman Begins, but above V for Vendetta, The Watchmen, Iron Man. If we gave it an eight, it would be right, an eight six same. three, yeah. so still below Batman Begins, so in the same spot. Um, do we want it to be a little bit closer to Batman Begins or a little bit further away? Basically, um, is the only. Um, you know, when it comes to like. <laughs> The the fucking Sumai will always gut me on Watchmen there. For Watchmen? Uh, Fuck it. I finished the comics, by the way. And it's oh, not yeah. like it the movie's ending is not that bad. I expected the comic ending to be like I mean it was better. Um but like I I still stand I think I stand by my my feelings of the Watchmen. Um 
but we can we can ignore it. Because here's the thing: uh, I'm comfortable with this. Be- I would be comfortable with this being a seven seven five, and I would tell you with my entire chest, it's better than the Watchmen still. Um, and that's at an eight seven five. Probably is. It probably is. <laughs> hey, hey, you used you used your sumai on that one. I'm not gonna. I'm not. We can't take it away. That those sumais are immovable. Those are the ones we cannot change. Um, you made that it an eight seven five in that episode. It's an eight seven five, and I've just got to be okay with that. Um, I just I don't know. It, it it hit me differently than any other. I don't know. I I think the comics had a lot to do with that one. It was definitely fresh. It was definitely yeah. fresh for sure. Yeah. But uh, but I yeah. Think- no, I mean like uh. I'll put it at an eight. I think since we got the first X Men at an eight, mm-hmm. I don't think I could put it below that. So I, I'm I'm cool with that. There we are, at an eight. X Men first class. So that would yeah an eight five six is that what it was eight six three sorry eight six three um so an eighty six percent um I believe IMDb I mean they were actually pretty nice to it a yeah seven seven. For IMDb, that's that's pretty good for a superhero movie. It is. Um, let's see. On the good old tomato meter, um, they gave it an 86, uh, critically, and an 87 audience. Um, so roughly, I mean, we're all right. Pretty spot on with the tomato meter. Um, at an 86 there. But there we are. Yeah, and on the... Uh... The adjusted for inflation, mm. as I as I call it on the, on that yeah. rating, it would put it on the same level as Manhunter and X Two, um, which is uh, feels feels right eighty four percent on that. So nothing too nothing too crazy, nothing too out there. Um, it's one of the good ones. This is one. Just I don't know. Just everything was firing um, on all cylinders. And let, I mean, a few things, a few gripes to be had, but overall, I think it was a very, very overall, nice. It's a, it's a good one, me. man. That's a, it's, it's a very enjoyable one. Yeah, and at an eighty-four percent, uh, tying it with Manhunter and X Two. Manhunter is at thirty-fifth, um, X Two thirty-sixth. This at thirty-seventh on that list. Yeah. So, um, just to give you an idea of how nice we are, an eighty-four. Uh, barely gets you top 35, you know? Um, yeah, we're, you know, it's the scale it, as compared to others might be off, but our scale as, as it is compared it to other us. Movies, I feel like it works. Um, and, and the, the back and forth between directors and this is, I guess a little bit different. We are probably a little nicer to these movies anyways. Um, like whenever we're saying that a movie is, let's see, what's the highest critical rating? Probably dark Knight. But that one's actually just up there. Yeah, nine seven five for Dark Knight, a nine for Batman Begins, eight seven five is the next highest. I mean, I don't know. It is it is kind of a weird category when you're talking about a superhero movie. But if you can make one that feels like it can hey. leave that category, oh yeah, um, no, it's, you know it's, it's this one's almost there. It's uh, almost yeah, there. It's not almost. quite that, but it's uh, it's well on its way. I think that as far as cape shit is concerned. This is one of the premier highlights of the genre. I think oh, that's, yeah. I think, especially of what we've covered so far. I think it's so, oh, yeah. I think it's so fun. And, you know, it's it's certainly better than what we're going to top off the year with this project with next <laughs> week with uh, Green Lantern. Let's 
2011 and uh i'm i'm deeply excited for that one uh yeah oh yeah it's gonna be fun you know at least we'll get a little bit of ferrari before we'll get some we'll get some good michael mann uh before but uh nuts who knows might might be another surprise i've never seen it but i've heard many of things I don't it. know that this one's uh, going to be a surprise for you. I mean, oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it might it might make it more fun. It might you be know? it might be Jonah Hex type beat. You yeah. know, it might be it. Here's the thing for me is that I think Green Lantern was trying much harder than Jonah Hex was. Um, that's what makes it bad, probably. Yeah, it's like, the fact that I think they were going for something that was a good movie, like mm-hmm. Jonah Hex. It knew exactly what it was. It was making a fun, pulpy thing that was going to resonate with the people it was going to resonate with, and they weren't trying to impress anybody. Yep. Um, Green oh, Lantern, yeah. I can't say that's the case. I think they were swinging big um, with Green Lantern. Um, okay. Uh, that one's going to be a blast. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen little, that in over 10 years, um, so. Right. That, I mean, be that's, that's all I know is Ryan Reynolds. Um, I know nothing else other than yep. what my knowledge of Green Lantern's powers are. Uh, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun one. It'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, with that, methinks we shall conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. If you would head to patreon.com slash Penny Bloom Pod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like all over there for three dollars a month you can support this podcast financially which is huge because it costs me money and i don't make any off of it unless it's over there head to twitter follow at penny bloom pod follow on instagram at penny bloom podcast remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to keep downloading it's a huge help like i said we are continuing our uh our comic book movie journey through film next friday with green lantern uh but we're in the meantime going to be doing a Another addition to the Game of Thrones rewatch, which uh, the math in my head ain't mathin'. Is next week? Next week, season is- six, episode eight. Mm-hmm. You are all right. right. Season six, episode eight. Next week for no one. Um, damn, is next is next Monday Christmas? Yeah, it is. Damn. Um. um yeah, it's 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 creeping up. It's it, we've been uh, full transparency. We've been bouncing all around a lot with the recordings. So like, as far as Thrones recordings are concerned, we're in the new year. So it's hard for me to yeah go back in time, uh, and keep track of all of that. But regardless, yeah, next week, Merry Christmas to everybody. We got a Thrones episode coming your way, um, and it's a, it's a goodie. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, and then next Wednesday, we continue our Michael Mann director spotlight. Mm-hmm with collateral no no ferrari we are there ferrari. yeah we're, we're there the collateral was earlier yeah. this week ferrari's next week this wednesday yeah. um oh yeah too many yeah, collateral projects. already happened i'm all out of whack i'm all we fucked up too many right projects now. going on at once that's yeah. okay uh this ferrari is is uh you know whether green lantern is is it is or isn't what it is ferrari i think will at least uh be better than and green into lantern. Into next year, we will have a little bit easier a time keeping track as at least through January and probably even through February, we're going to be doing two comic book movies a week. Wednesday Mm -hmm. and Friday will become uh, 
comic book movie project. And we're going to try and burn through like 16 through the first two months to just knock out eight weeks there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. two whole months. You're making this project shorter, which I, I, you know, I like, I like thinking about it like that. That's a, that's a nice, that's oh, a nice yeah. way to put it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, through February we're March 1st would be fantastic for, but I mean, before that we're getting to Ant-Man. Mm. If we do double up, that's, making some progress yeah um, that's for sure so i love that yeah. i love that but uh yeah with that i was colton robertson i was joined by joseph george thank you very much homie oh thank you for having me it's always a pleasure to be here oh and it's always a pleasure to have you and remember peace love and bloom and no more hiding <laughs>